Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Kate Hubble. I am your host today and every day that you tune in. This is episode four. I'm calling this one Masculinity Madness. Today we're talking about dating tips that men consume. So dating advice geared towards men. We're going to talk about Valentine's Day, everything I did Valentine's Day weekend. Um, And we're going to kind of set the stage for the dating stuff by talking about masculinity more generally, more conceptually. If I sound defeated already, um, this is my fourth time now recording this episode because I really just haven't been happy with it thus far. Um... And I, I hesitate to even continue with this topic because I'm struggling with it so much to, you know, to sit down and record this episode. But I still think it's something that I, I want to talk about. I still think the reason I want to talk about it is important. And I think discussing masculinity in this way is a conversation to be ha- like that needs to be had. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to, again, we're going to start with Valentine's Day and kind of recap and follow up on the last episode. Um, And then we're going to get into the beef of today, which is talking about masculinity stuff and dating advice for men. And then at the end, we'll look forward to to next week and what we've got planned or what we could, you know, be doing. So, um, so yeah, so that's today's episode. Fourth time's a charm, I hope. Um, But I want to talk first um, about Valentine's Day and kind of the weekend that I have had starting with Friday. Um, so Friday I drove home, I had therapy, and the reason I mentioned that, I actually wanted to make a point to mention it in recapping my week because, um, I think just mentioning it casually is part of kind of normalizing therapy, which is something I'm super passionate about, obviously, um, because I'm in therapy and I've been in therapy since I was 12, so... Um, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think everyone could benefit from it if they're willing to do the work and uh, put in the time and the energy and effort that it takes to kind of heal yourself and get better. So I would like to normalize therapy in that way by just mentioning it casually to you here on the podcast. So drove home, did therapy, raced back to Tampa to get ready for my dinner date with my bestie girl. Um, She and I dressed up, like all out dressed up and went to Armature Works downtown in Tampa. Um, They have a really nice like rooftop bar, um, but we got like a bite to eat there too. And it was fun. I love her the most. And so we could, you know, I don't, we could literally sit in the middle of the forest and do nothing. And I'm sure we'd have a great time. That's a strange example, but um, for some reason I couldn't think of anything else. But yeah, so we, we had drinks and dinner there and I got back home in time to see Tinder boy when he was getting off work he came over um so I've made a decision in in relation to this situation um that is necessary to share with you guys uh because it is it has been so relevant to the content content of this podcast so far this episode is the last episode in which I will be talking about Tinder boy The reason for that is that I've decided it's better for me if private stays private um, with him. And that's, that's my, its own decision. Um, And it's not that anything has happened or there's been any sort of repercussions of me talking about it on here. He doesn't seem to mind. Um, But I think it's unfair to both of us to have whatever's happening between us continuously aired out on something that is so public. So um, I'm going to give you your update now and as a follow-up to the last episode. Um, and I, yeah, so I'm going to do that. And then that will be kind of the last you hear from me about that, unless there's something to tell, unless there's something to say, you know, I don't, I don't know that you need the play-by-play is, I guess, my point. I don't know that you need every detail every week. <laughs> um, but the update is that Friday I saw him and we talked about the last episode, about episode three. Um, he was not angry, although I anticipated him being upset. Um, I think I've pissed him off today, though. That's, that's a whole other conversation, but... Um, yeah, that's a whole other, that's a whole other fucking can of worms. But um, yeah, I thought he would be mad. So I was not super excited about the conversation um, that we were going to be having. And it went well. I, I really did. I feel like we're on the same page or we, I felt, 
at the time, like we were on the same page. Um, and yeah, I, that's it. I mean, I, it was a really good conversation. It's, it's conversations like that, like deep, emotional, intimate, or even just like real, like just real shit when you're talking about like yourself and yourself in a certain relationship or dynamic is uncomfortable to me because I don't super love being vulnerable. Love that. Um, but I also can't like focus to save my life. And it's becoming an issue that I'm really trying to work on is, is trying to like pay more attention. But it's not that I'm not listening. It's just that my brain moves at like a million miles a minute. So as he's talking or as I'm talking, I'm thinking about the talking and then I'm thinking about thinking about the talking. Like it's it's bad and it's an ADD and it's an anxiety thing. So um, I'm working on that. But I, yeah, so conversations like that can be difficult for me just because it's hard for me to like maintain the focus and the attention that a conversation like that deserves over a long period of time um and it was a it was a long talk so i'm glad we had it i feel or i felt (laughs) good about it um but yeah so that's that's your update we talked we're good we have kind of like a on the same page game plan (laughs) again i really think i pissed him off yesterday but that's again that's between us so um love love that for me so that was friday um and that's your final tinder boy update for now and then fast forward to sunday actual valentine's day um i woke up i had a bible study with my best friend from college who lives in miami his mom was teaching it and he heard on the last episode that i put out that i went to church for the first time on my own accord in years Um, and he messaged me and he's like, bitch, I've known you for two years and I've been trying to get you to go to church, blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) I was like, of course I'll go. Of course I'll like, it was a Zoom thing. So it's very like a low commitment. You know, it's not like he was asking me to drive to Miami to go to church with him. So, um, yeah, so I hopped on Zoom, did a Bible study with them. It was very, very welcoming, very pleasant. Um, and overall a really good experience. His mom was teaching the class and she was really excited to have me there and it was yeah and my friend obviously was very excited to have me too so it was it was super pleasant and the stories that we were actually talking about in the bible study are stories that i was familiar with from growing up in the church um and stories that i really love and appreciate so it was it was pleasant all the way around um later that day i went to church with my friend and her boyfriend her boyfriend's also my friend but just to distinguish um we went to church and then we went to brunch after so it's definitely i'm definitely on this like journey now of kind of exploring christianity again and like i said in the last episode it'll definitely need to be like a topic of its own because i have a lot to say about religion and christianity and my experiences and etc but that's for you know its own dedicated episode um at brunch i got a, a message from tinder boy um asking me if I was home and I was like what no I'm at brunch what's up um but I was it was weird because I was like I know he's at work so it's not like he's like trying to come over right now like I was like huh and apparently two weeks ago he ordered chocolate strawberries to be delivered and I wasn't home so the guy thought they would melt and wanted to like ask him if he should leave if they should like leave it at my door so he texted me to let me know And I got here and it was like a really sweet note and a teddy bear and the chocolate strawberries. And it was just, it was very cute, very thoughtful. Um, And I'm very appreciative of the the gesture. It's very sweet. So um, yeah, even if I think he's mad at me now, he wasn't um, two weeks ago and he wasn't a couple days ago. So um, Valentine's Day was was a good time. It was a nice day. And then later that night, I had my best friend over again we spent valentine's day together she dressed in all black in her anti-valentine's day pursuit my little goth princess i am obsessed with her and it was really cool so um so she came over she's very fuck valentine's day i am like i love love and i love gushy sentimental bullshit so i'm all about it we're very different (laughs) valentine's day energy but um 
sorry, that's my cat in the background. <laughs> He's driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, she's she's on a different energy for Valentine's Day than I am. But we had a really good time. I made us some appetizers. We watched a couple movies. Um, we watched Greatest Showman. Actually, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, movie, 6 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. After that, we watched Camp Rock, which is an overall like 12 out of 10. I'll hear no other arguments. Um, that's one thing that, again, we can talk about in another episode. Um I'm not, I'm not good with movies. I have no attention span for them. I can't focus or stay interested in something for that long. Um, so I often am not a huge movie fan. And I, as a result, have really garbage taste in movies. But I'm, I admit to it, so it's okay. Um, so now I, we've talked Valentine's Day. I had a, a really good weekend. And my philosophy on Valentine's Day is that it's about love. Not all love is romantic. And so if you're surrounded by people that you love and people that love you... Um, it's a success. And so I feel like I had a really successful, really, again, very pleasant, very enjoyable Valentine's Day. And I'm grateful to all the people in my life who made it so special. I, you know, I was thinking about it later that day after my best friend left to go home and I was sitting on my couch and I was like, you know what? How nice is it to have people in, in my life, the kind of people that I do, you know, to be surrounded by like good people feels really, really good. And so I'm happy that I'm in a place in my life where I have really nice friends and, and you know, I'm seeing someone that's really sweet. So um, I, I, I feel very grateful and very lucky to have the people in my life that love me the way that they do. And they know how much I love them. So um, they, <laughs> they, they feel the love all year round. I'm definitely a big like gift giver my my love languages are are very obvious very forward so um so yeah that was valentine's day i'm and you know valentine's day weekend i'm very happy about it and you know the church thing is it's again its own thing but i'm happy to have participated in that too and even on another level too like the friend that i'm going with it means a lot for her to kind of like bring bring me on this journey too so Um, if you're hearing this, I love you the most and I'm really enjoying being able to have this like experience with, with her, um, honestly, and I feel close to her and even if I just got to see her every week for brunch, I'd be happy. But the fact that there's this like deeper, um, Christian thing going on is, is really cool. And I think she feels the same way. So that's really fun. So let's get into some of the dating tips for men, some of the advice. Um, I've done a lot of research, actually, in preparation for this episode. Um, And I'll be quite honest. Like I said in the beginning, I've recorded this four times. So each time I've recorded it, I've gotten to a point in the conversation about masculinity where it just doesn't feel right (laughs) to be giving my opinion. It doesn't feel right to be asserting my experiences um, on this topic. And so I, I'm reframing it in a new way for this fourth and hopefully final time I'm recording it. Um, I'm going to go through like pickup tips, dating tips for men. Um, I'm going to debunk some of them and be like, this is a good idea. This isn't. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really interested in the basic advice of... I don't know, dress well and hold the door for her. Like, I don't, it's not interesting to me. Um, but I, there are some things that I've found in these lists that I think are interesting to talk about. Before we get into that, I do, and I've done this on every every round of recording this because I think it's really important to talk about. Um, before we get into kind of debunking the actual tips and pieces of advice, I think it's important to set the stage for what we're talking about in terms of like gender ideas and masculinity. So I have taken a little bit of a deep dive in in a specific way. And I'll tell you, so I'm looking at or I've been looking at media that men consume and then specifically topics of masculinity gender roles and dating so things that are relevant to the way men behave with women i'll tell you a little bit now too about why i want to talk about this um, and why i think it's um, advantageous to do an episode like this i think that a lot of women don't realize the way like the angle that men come at when they're when they're dating or when they're trying to pick you up or when they're you know 
talking to you or whatever, whatever the status of the relationship is. So I think understanding male perspective in that way, so like kind of where they're coming from with some of the behaviors, like why they do it, is interesting. I also have, you know, since putting out episodes, have been taking a really kind of close look at the analytics for this podcast. Um, And a really, really overwhelming majority of listeners here are men. Men aged 18 to 25, which is super cool. Um, thank you boys for listening. Hi, how are you? <laughs> but um, I, I, it occurred to me in looking at the analytics that it would be silly to continue to give advice for women um, when I've got mostly men listening. So again, thank you boys for listening. I love that for you. My friends that are female need to catch the fuck up or we're gonna have some issue. No, okay, I'm kidding. But um, but yeah, I, the fact that I have uh, an overwhelming majority of viewership that is in this demographic of 18 to 25 men, um, that's like 18 to 25 year old men, is interesting. And I think, again, advantageous of us to discuss masculinity in this way. So hopefully I'm not, hopefully I'm getting it right these like concepts that I'm talking about and if I'm wrong please feel free to reach out to me in whatever way you know how if you know me personally if you don't uh, the best way to reach me is the podcast email that's in the description of all the episodes so if you have some sort of correction or if you disagree or if you have a story or some sort of input for me on all this masculinity stuff I am by no means an expert Um, but I think I've compiled an okay understanding of why it is like this, why men behave this way. Um, So I want to kind of start with that. I want to break down um, first this idea of socialization um, so that I don't have to be redundant and repeat myself as we go through the advice because a lot of the questions when when we're when you're going through the advice a lot of the questions are well why would they do that why would they feel like they need to do that Um, and the most common denominator answer is socialization. So let's talk about kind of what that means and what that entails. Um, I think that's an important place to start. So that's where we'll start. And then we'll get into the advice. And then I'll wrap up, by the way, by giving you my condensed, it's five five essential pieces of advice um, in dating and relationships for men. So I myself have compiled what I think is the most essential advice, most applicable advice um, for men in dating as a woman. Um, so this isn't me thinking about the male perspective. It's me telling you I'm a female. <laughs> I'm I'm of the gender you're trying to um, attract. And these are the things that work the best in my understanding and experience. So we'll get to that list at the very end. Um, let's talk about socialization now. I think, again, this is a good starting point for us. So in my sophomore year of college, I actually took a class called Psychology of Gender. In that class, what we talked about was essentially um, from the standpoint of psychology, what are the differences between uh, men and women on two different levels? So there's the idea of biology, there's sex, so male, female, and then there's gender expression, which is an entirely different, way more complicated discussion, as I'm sure we're all aware of. Um, so also, I would like to like immediately rephrase in terms of sex, there's male, female, intersex, and a hundred other biological things that could also happen. So it's not it's not even as simple of a binary with biological sex um, as it may seem also. I just think that's important to, to be said just for um, correctness purposes. But in that class, um, we we essentially learned that neurologically, so brain chemistry, right, there are little to no statistically significant differences between men on most neurological factors. Now, psychology also accounts for conditioning. So that's why I'm being very specific in my language here. Neurologically, no statistically significant differences between men and women. Now, what that would indicate is that the differences between men and women that are visible to us in society are actually a result of society. So that is what we call socialization. We... That's what is called socialization. Um, And so it's important to me that we set the stage here with this because essentially 
if there's no statistically significant neurological differences, I promise that's the last time I'll say that phrase, um, then in this argument of nature versus nurture, where do we get our ideas of gender, um, it would be nurture, right? It would be environmental factors. If it's not biology, if it's not inherently ingrained in you in some sort of biological way, then it has to be environmental factors that influence your behavior. And so what the the truth of the situation is, the the reality of gender socialization is that socialized behaviors and ideas and even sense of self in terms of gender are really strong informants of behavior. So a lot of what we do, behaviors that we do that are gendered in in, in a sense, um, are as a result of socialization, men and women. And so again, as I said before, the, the why to a lot of these uh, tips and tricks is that men are socialized to behave in this weird masculine way. And so hopefully we're, we as a society, you know, are going to be redefining masculinity as we progress um, and, and redefining maybe not masculinity, but what it means to be a man and that um, these things are not indicators of your value to women or others or society, um, but rather like socialized informed behaviors that people feel as though they have to comply with to be successful in various aspects of their life, but under this scope specifically with women. Um, so I, I also think that this socialization thing is the cause of toxic masculinity. Um, I don't super love how toxic masculinity has been used in pop culture. Uh, and I say that specifically in pop culture because I think it's been used correctly in the media but what I don't love is anytime a man does anything and women everywhere go oof toxic masculinity or anytime a man doesn't want to do something um that might be feminine oop toxic masculinity he might just not want to do it <laughs> like that's another conversation to be had too is that just because a man doesn't want to do something doesn't mean that he's insecure in his masculinity he might be um, but not wanting to do something is not necessarily just an immediate indicator that they uh, have an issue with their sense of self or masculinity. Some men are actually quite comfortable in their masculinity, and that is phenomenal. However, I think all men are subject to um, this socialization in a way that puts a lot of pressure on men to perform and provide and behave um, in a way that might be counterintuitive to their well-being, I guess is my point. So let's get in now to some of this like pickup tips and tricks. Um, I'm going to kind of rapid fire through a list of dating advice and then we're going to get to the juicier, more interesting like pickup advice. Um, I also want to talk, I guess I I will pause. We're not going to get into the dating tips just yet. I want to talk about forms of media um, that are part of this socialization thing that I'm talking about conceptually. So I've narrowed it down to two kind of categories of media that are relevant to this conversation about masculinity and dating. So there's pickup forums, which if you're a guy and you're unfamiliar, let me briefly educate you. And most women, I'm almost positive, are unfamiliar with this. Um, But men have formed several, I'm sure, hundreds if not thousands of these Facebook groups or I'm sure Reddit feeds are out there. Uh, Twitter pages, all that. I'm sure you can find it anywhere on social media, but um, the style that I'm talking about is more like a Facebook page type energy where it's a private group. um, And that's important to note because there's no women allowed into these groups. So they're not ever getting advice about women from women. They're getting advice about women from other men, um, which I think is dicey, (laughs) to be honest. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. But um, Men on these forums will kind of post and be like, oh, here's this thing I'm dealing with. Send help, essentially. Like, here's this thing that happened with this girl. How do I handle it? Um, And the language can be quite unsettling, I will say. Some of the terminology comes across quite sexist. Um, It comes across to me like a little bit of like a boys club. But this episode is not in criticism of men. And so I will keep my criticism of these pickup forums 
uh, to myself, essentially, because what the core of that is, is men feeling pressure, men feeling insecure, and men feeling unsure of how to deal with women. And so that's what we're going to, that's where, that's hopefully we're going to take away some of that insecurity and some of that uncertainty and, and give you good advice in this, you know. The next category is something I refer to as masculinity porn. Um, and, and I'm referring to it in that way because I think there's a similar kind of like arousal, maybe not sexually, but a similar sort of like arousal and hype and like motivation and energy that is as a result of this type of content and I'll paint a picture for you this if you haven't seen it on Instagram or Twitter um congratulations you've won the lottery because I wish I have not I wish I had not seen content like this in my lifetime but it's everywhere and men consume it and engage in it and it does well so it will continue to exist again that's why my criticism is of this kind of stuff isn't really as important as the analysis of it because Um, none of this stuff is going to go away just because I don't like it. So it's better to understand where it's coming from and why it is that way um, and have that understanding than criticize and have some hope that things will change because they won't. So um, I'll paint the picture. It's some hyper-masculine social media personality like screaming at you on Instagram. That's the vibe, right? And they cover three types of topics from what I can tell fitness, sex and relationships, and finances and money um, as three separate categories. So what that reads to me is that these are three categories in which men need their egos stroked or need to be yelled at or need to be gassed up in a certain way to feel motivation. My question to men who consume that kind of media would be like, maybe think about why you need like a daddy figure, you know, like an angry, hyper-masculine figure to essentially feel motivated or feel, um, I, I hesitate to say feel good enough, but you, uh, there's some part of men who are consuming that media that feels like they, they need that, um, or they wouldn't be so engaged with it. So I, I would just, I would ask yourself why maybe, I, I think it's, it's a daddy issue thing, but, um, like, why would you need a strong, hyper-masculine, authoritative figure to yell at you on Instagram if you didn't have, like, a daddy issue? But that might be a bold assumption. Um, but I do think it would be, like, a deep-rooted male authority figure thing. Um, if that is something that's so appealing to you, maybe think about that. I don't, not that I'm a therapist, but just a suggestion. <laughs> so let's get into it. I have this list that I found. It's an article I found online from a website. I'm embarrassed to admit the name of it. It's called lovepanky.com. Now, I know you're thinking, hmm, maybe not your most reliable resource, but I actually don't have a lot of issues with these uh, pieces of advice. This is more like dating stuff. Um, I have more issue with some of the pickup tips, some of the like ways to approach women and all that kind of stuff. I think some of that stuff is a little more manipulative and icky, and we'll talk about that and unnecessary genuinely. But I'm going to go through this list real quick of 21 things, (laughs) 21 essential quote unquote dating tips for men. Um, The first of which is be personable. Number two is don't go too fast. Three is take initiative. Four is meet in public. Five, go somewhere you're comfortable with. So I want to talk about four and five right now. Meet in public, go somewhere you're comfortable with. These, I want to emphasize, are advantageous to establishing that you actually give a shit about the person's safety. So dating for women can actually be really scary because the reality is that sorry, (laughs) the reality is that men do terrible things to women all the time. There are serial killers that target women. There are assailants that target, like that's just a real thing. It's not that it doesn't also happen to men. It's not to invalidate the experiences of men, but we know that things like that disproportionately affect women. And so dating, especially online dating can be really scary. Um, Meeting somewhere in public, making sure both of you are comfortable. Those are like subtle things you can do to say like, hey, I care about your safety and I care that you're concerned for your safety um, without having to directly like have that conversation because it can be uncomfortable. Another thing to consider um, with women, this is like my own kind of interjection of advice, is another thing to consider is a lot of what we do in the first couple weeks, I would say, of dating is to make sure uh, that we're safe. Uh, we still don't know you, and you could be a serial killer or a murderer. Um, that's always in our head. I know that sounds like crazy, but it's true. And I know men listening to this that are good guys are going to be like, oh, well, that's not me. So, like, 
she has no reason to act like that with me but we don't know that until we know you so it's best to be yourself to be normal um, but to understand that it might take her a second to be normal until she feels safe um, I think one of the worst things I've experienced in casual recent dating is having the feeling that the person doesn't understand or really care that something you will have done or would do um, is a safety concern and it's not just you being like gamey or shitty or playing games like um, I think it can be confusing in that way but I think the more men understand like a safety concern for women the clearer that communication and the clearer that behavior becomes uh, number six is call her to confirm. Number seven is look your best. We're going to talk about the looks thing um, in the second half of this advice part because there's a lot of emphasis on the way men groom and dress and present themselves uh, to position themselves in a, in a way to be attractive to women. So that's like a really heavy emphasis in all this like pickup culture stuff. Uh, number eight is confidence. Nine is remember your manners. Uh, I would like to emphasize that. I think there's nothing more unattractive than when you first meet someone and they have terrible manners like they treat service people poorly or they don't tip well or they have bad table manners or they interrupt you or they're on their phone the whole time like all of those things to me are like respect so something I really appreciate is like people who aren't on their phone or people who are like actively listening and paying attention and a good thing for men if you are listening but you don't like know necessarily what to say or how to prove that you're listening because I've heard men express that to me before is like I'm listening I really am I heard everything she said but like it's hard for me to pay attention or she's talking for so long something that you can do to show the person that you're like with the person you're communicating with that you are listening is to call back to something that they said so the easiest way to feel heard is when someone literally references something that came out of your mouth so if she's saying i feel underappreciated and uh disrespected when you do this an easy way to show that you listened would be to be like i hear you you're feeling underappreciated and disrespected and that way she knows genuinely that you listened and also you're showing her that with your behavior so um, that's a manners thing, I think. Uh, number 10 is also a manners thing, but it's turn off your phone. 11 is keep conversation fun. I have some opinions about that and some of the other ones that are, are grouped together, so we'll discuss that in a second. Uh, 12 is avoid the X. I think that is actually, actually important. I think bringing up X's um, on either end is not smart unless it's like a unless it's been a while and there, that's a conversation you both feel like you need to have I genuinely feel like it's not ever a conversation that needs to be had um it to me just shows insecurity because I understand that knowing I, maybe how things ended or whatever can inform uh how you feel about someone like if they cheated on their ex and they tell you that you might have feelings about that I think bringing it up like bringing up the other person's ex is never a good move and I think men know that but I I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, 13 is do more than dinner and drinks. I agree with that because I think that sets you apart. So it's easy to be like, oh yeah, I grab dinner or we grab drinks. Um, but if it's that and something else or just something unique and different, um, a good thing that I would suggest is if she mentions something that she likes to do to you, try to take her to do that thing with you. And so I, I think this is going to sound stupid, but I don't think there's anything more wholesome than someone like doing something they love with someone new because then that new person gets to see like just how much they love that thing you know I know it sounds stupid but I dated a guy in high school that was like super into like superhero movies and like he really liked bowling and like he had all these like very specific interests and so when we would do stuff together that involved those interests it was always really like wholesome and kind of cute to see how excited he was you know like a new movie would come out and he'd be like oh my god we have to watch it or we'd go bowling and he'd get like really competitive and it was just it was very cute and wholesome so if you want that kind of energy um, maybe do or suggest something that they've mentioned to you that they already like 14 is compliment her yeah that's like basic 15 is keep it lighthearted. um 16 is stay in the moment 17 leave a little mystery 18 is make sure she gets home i think this is cool kind of it depends on what the vibe is, right? So um, if you are in a situation where like you're just hooking up, it's nice to be like, hey, text me when you get home safe, but it also might be a little weird. So you have to you have to read the vibe on that one. I hesitate sometimes. I struggle with when, it, when to be like, hey, text me when you get home safe. And I end up doing it with friends more than I do with guys because I don't want to come across like their mom. And that's like, a, that's a tough line. 
uh, to dance on between like caring and showing that you care and being too like mothering. Um, so 18, make sure she gets home. Yes, but like with the conditions of like if it's appropriate. Um, number 19 is let her direct intimacy. I have feelings about this. 20, be honest. 21, don't play games. To me, those are no-brainers. So let's go back and like talk about some of the ones that have good like conversation points. So the first couple, be personable, don't go too fast, take initiative. And then a couple of the other ones that are like confidence and uh, keep conversation fun, stuff like that. I think all that advice is conditional um, in this way, in that if that's not you, like if it's, if it's not like you to behave like that, uh, don't be something you're not. Because I think there's nothing more unattractive than meeting someone, being sold on this certain idea of who they are, and then you get with them and they're completely different. And they finally like let their walls down or like show you who they really are, show you their true colors. And it's so different from the amount of like energy and effort they were putting in with you at the beginning. And it's like false advertising in that way. And maybe women do the same thing. Maybe this uh, isn't a gender specific concept of like kind of like... I don't know, fluffing your feathers up a little bit. Like, it's like peacocking in a way of, like, showing off and then retreating once you've got what you wanted. Um, Don't do that. It's better to just be yourself from the beginning. And that's something I'm learning, too. I think uh, when I meet people, it's easy to for me to fall into this category of being standoffish and maybe having too many walls up or too many boundaries. Um... But I do that for a reason, you know, and so what I'm transitioning into now, we're going to talk about the the juicy uh, pickup tips that I have more of an issue with. But to conclude this, this section of dating advice, the be yourself thing, I think, is the most important thing that I can get across to you. And the reason I say that is because what we're talking about, essentially, with all this socialization masculinity stuff, is a concept called informed behavior. And it's really self-explanatory. So it's essentially that your experiences inform your behavior. And so I use this example of me being standoffish with men um, as an example of informed behavior. Obviously, in my life, I've had experiences in relationships and in dating men and in talking to men that have informed my behavior in a certain way so that at first I have walls and boundaries and Uh, maybe even like rules for how things will happen and it's a form of protecting myself but it's still a learned behavior you know I didn't come out of the womb suspicious of men Um, I was taught that through my interactions with men and so this in the same way uh, men don't always behave with women like that because that's just how they are they behave with women like that because women behave in a certain way that makes them feel as though they require x amount of games or effort or whatever so it's also an informed behavior it's women respond well to this so we're all going to try to do that and although it might work although some of that like gamey you know this always works with girls or do this and you'll get her you know like her attention whatever like some of that stuff might actually be really foolproof like I believe it but also what's even more foolproof is being yourself so that's what I would really like to get across the last the other thing is Um, It was rule number 19, let her direct intimacy. I think this is a conversation also that needs to be had because it's difficult when we live in this world where sexual assault and consent are being spoken about so regularly that it's constantly on everybody's mind and everybody's so woke about it. Not that I'm not arguing that they shouldn't be. It's phenomenal. However, um, it puts men in a precarious position, I believe, because women are constantly like I want men to take control like throw me up against the wall choke me whatever like be dominant right so women are asking men be dominant but then society and everyone is agreeing like hey actually you have to have consent for everything that you do as you should and so it's this difficult like learning how to have consent in a sexy way and still be able to like be dominant and take control in the way that the girl wants right so it's I think it's difficult. I'm obviously not a guy having to navigate that. So any input on that is welcome. I've talked about it with a lot of friends of mine. And basically all the input I get is that um, it is difficult. It's a a thin line to walk on. It's It's a weird gray area between like, I don't want you to ask me. I just want you to do it versus like, but you need to ask me because you need my consent. So 
Um, I think a lot of that can be eliminated with really open conversations about sex, to be honest, and saying, like, this is what I'm cool with, this is not, like, I'm not cool with this stuff, Um, and then establishing, like, kind of a baseline level of consent. If you're the kind of, like, I don't want to be asked every time something's happening if I'm okay with it, Um, because I know myself well enough to know that if I'm not okay with it, I'll say no, Uh, but not everyone's like that. And maybe that doesn't that model doesn't work for everybody. So having the conversation before and saying like these are things you do have my consent for, and you don't have to say it in that way. You can be like, this is stuff I'm into, this is stuff I'm not into. Um, it's important on both sides. So I think I guess that's my only advice there. But I don't know that I agree with let her direct intimacy. Uh, you definitely have to watch for her body language and her comfortability in a certain way. Uh, but I don't know that women love the idea of having to direct intimacy themselves. So, but I also know that men would prefer if women made more of an effort in terms of um, taking an initiative, like sexually, like making the first move or initiating sex. I'm sure a lot of men would agree that they would prefer if women did that more often. Um, Maybe not all men and maybe men don't feel like that at all, just the men that I know. So um, we're going to get into now some of the gamier to me a little bit more icky uh pickup tips and stuff uh so i i found this article from men's health actually and the article is basically just like i want to say like tips and tricks like i I don't know that it's real advice uh, but it's called nine tricks to confidently pick up any woman Now, the first thing I would like to say, just ethically, because it bothers me in reading and doing all this research, is uh, nothing works for every or any woman. Like, that's that's not a thing, right? All women are different, and all women respond to things differently, and so are, of course, there's, like, general things you should do anytime you approach women, Um, but the notion that, like, a set of tricks will work for any woman, like... I, I don't know that that's true. So take that kind of um, presentation of these these tips uh, when you're reading them online and stuff. Uh, take that, that title uh, with a grain of salt, I think. So uh, I'm going to go through this list. The first thing is walk this way is what they say. So woman look at your attire first and second they look at how you walk. Uh, this is only partially true. I think there's a lot more emphasis... Um, for men about how they dress, how they, their posture, their body language, the way they walk. Like, I think there's a lot of emphasis here that's unnecessary. If you dress well and or clearly have like a personal style, like a vibe, even if it's not like a classic masculine, like Chelsea boot and chinos, like if it's not like classic, but you have like a vibe, if it's kind of like edgy or alternative or a little like e-boy situation, like whatever that is, as long as you're like being authentic and enjoying what you wear, I think women will like it. So it's way more about like how you wear your clothes than like the actual clothes that you wear. Uh, Again, I know I said I would stop talking about him, but Tinder Boy always comes over after work and he looks phenomenal. He was here yesterday in like casual clothes, also looked phenomenal. So like it's so not about the clothes and so about the way that you carry yourself. Um, but I think that's more internal than the way you walk or your posture. So just keep that in mind, I guess, is my commentary on that. The second one is look into her eyes. Um, it's yes... <laughs> Yes, but, um, and what it says here is staring elsewhere makes you appear uninterested, inattentive, or insincere, um, which is true. If you're not looking at me, I do think you're inattentive or uninterested, but you don't have to be making like solid eye contact. I think everyone knows that that is actually really uncomfortable. Um, But I think another thing to say here is eye contact can actually be quite intimate Um, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I have a lot of, again, a lot of experiences that inform that opinion. Um, Eye contact is is powerful. And so use that wisely, I guess, is my advice, because there's something there's something about direct eye contact with someone that feels very intimate. And I'll give you this example. I was I wasn't going to share it because we're already at like 45 minutes, but um, I think it's it's relevant enough. Uh, when I was 16, I lived in France um, for months uh, during the summer. And 
when I was walking to school each day, I walked through this neighborhood that was pr- primarily like people from Jordan and Palestine. It was a lot of Arab people um, that had immigrated to France. And so they all spoke French and were raised there or whatever, but it, they're, they're immigrants from other countries in this specific neighborhood. Um, and in France, if you don't already know this, there's a lot of tension between Arab immigrants and like European, like, I don't know, like Caucasian white French people that consider themselves like traditionally French. Um, there's a lot of tension there. And so I am white walking through this neighborhood and I would get catcalled every day in French. Um, and at first I didn't know what it meant because I didn't speak any French. And um, But I was on my way to class every day. So I was learning French as I was getting catcalled each day, learning more and more of what they were saying. Um, and finally, when I was able to like fully understand and interpret what was being said to me as I was walking to school each day, I realized that they only said stuff to me after I made eye contact with them as I was passing by. So even if I had headphones in, I would look up and smile because that's how I was raised is to meet people at the eyes, smile and move on and keep walking um, without even pausing. It was just a natural facial gesture for me. And what I realized is it was the eye contact I was making with them that made them feel as though they had permission to speak to me in that way. Not that it excuses their behavior. Gross. You shouldn't catcall a child and say, you know, explicit sexual things about that person as they're walking to school each day. Like, gross. Shouldn't happen. Um, But when I stopped making eye contact with them, it stopped happening. And so it was one of those experiences that I was like, oh, that is actually like a a sort of permission, a sort of intimacy, uh, even socially, that we don't really talk about. Uh, The next thing is on this list, uh, take a compliment. I agree with this one wholeheartedly. Be able to to take a compliment, but I also like when you say thank you to a compliment, can you can you guys like just men, can you guys sound like you mean it? Cuz I think it's really like fresh I and again, I am like victim of this too. Like I'm culprit of this too, I should say. It's like I have a really difficult time taking compliments, but I hate when I compliment a boy specifically. I'm like, "Oh, I really like blah blah blah." Like, oh, you look really nice. And they're just like, thanks. And they're like, oh, thank you. Is like, That's all I want. Oh, thank you. Give that's You need some monotone. Oh, thanks. Like, I don't, it's just the like, give me something more than just like, thanks. I don't, mm, doesn't do it for me. Sorry about it. <laughs> like, just be more genuine and expressive. Just period. Um, the next thing is call before day three. Um, it says here, if she gave you her number, use it within 48 hours or you'll either look scared or stupid. Um, I I think this is silly advice. I think planning out timing before you reach out to someone from when you met them is silly. And the men in my life might disagree with this, but I think that's counterintuitive to this idea of being authentic. And so if the next day you're thinking about her and you saw her and you're like, you know what? I hope she's having a good day. Say that. Say it was so nice to meet you last night. I hope you're having a good day. Do you know how sweet that is? It doesn't look clingy. It doesn't look weird. Like that's just genuine and simple and to the point. And it doesn't even have to become a whole text conversation. You can just like, you can just be like, hey, I'm at work thinking about like, like thinking about you. It was so good to meet you last night. Hope you're having a good day. Period. Like you don't have to launch into some like big emotional conversation about how excited you are to have met someone so special like it doesn't have to be that at all it can just be like hey I was thinking about you but like it's got to be real it's got to be authentic if it takes you a week to think about that person again hit them up a week later like don't don't plan shit out like this the call before day three or wait three days after a date to like reach out like oh disgusting hate all of that uh the next thing is don't expose your negatives (laughs) which I think is stupid. Um, So (laughs) it says, when talking about yourself, keep it positive. Stick to your best attributes and interests and whatever you're most passionate about. Give them the press release version of you. So this is exactly what I was saying don't do. I'm not saying put all your baggage right there on the table the second you meet someone, but I am saying it's way more real to come across human with flaws and imperfections than it is to say, look at all these great things about me. Uh, No one relates to that. And so if you want someone to feel connected to you, the easiest way is to show how flawed you are, even in small ways. 
Like one of my biggest, and it's going to sound so stupid because it's not like a play. It's not gamey. It's not like a thing I do on purpose, but it's been one of the most advantageous things to me um, in like the dating world is being clumsy. And I know that sounds stupid, but men think it's so cute when you do stupid shit. (laughs) Like I almost knocked over my water and it's like, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so clumsy. And they like giggle, you know, like it's, it's, it's humanizing. It's humbling, especially if they're, if, if you want the person to be impressed by you, it'll be so much more impressive that you are, you know, successful and powerful and whatever and, and passionate about stuff and also human and also flawed. That's more impressive than just being like, here are the best parts of me. Welcome. Like that's so, ugh. no one wants that. I want to know you. I want to know all of it. And I got to know some of the negatives so I know what I'm signing up for. I don't want that false advertising shit that we talked about. Um, This is another thing that I think is stupid, which is knowing where to sit on the first date. Um, It says always position yourself at a 90 degree angle to her instead of straight on. I think that's silly. It also says if she sits at the end of the table, sit in the first seat to her left turn towards her from the waist. This will give her the opportunity to turn like you, blah, 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 blah. This is all stupid. We don't care where you sit on the date. Um, If you sit farther away from us than is normal for a meal, that's weird. But just like be regular. Don't overthink where you sit. I can just picture men going on dates being like, okay, she sat down like one seat to her left, 90 degrees. Like don't fucking do it. Don't do it. It's so stupid. Um, and do whatever's going to make you comfortable. That's the other thing. F- maybe follow her lead and like read how comfortable you are in that situation. Um, the next one is be direct. Uh, I don't need to explain this because yes, be direct. Um, I I just, yeah, that's it. I, I'm trying to like think of something to add to this, but I think it's as as simple and as like straightforward as just be direct. Um, This is another thing that I think is a little bit of a false advertising thing for men, which is I know, I know even if men want sex only from you, they don't want to come across as though they only want sex. However, what men don't realize is that a lot of women only want sex. And so that's what you're looking for there are girls out there that are down no one has to get hurt as long as you're direct and honest but if you position yourself to seem like you want a relationship or seem like you want something serious or seem like you want a girlfriend and then you sleep with her and dip that's just shitty and avoidable and you could have had someone that would be a really good friend or a good girlfriend later when you're ready that you could have gotten to know and been respectful to and instead of being direct with your intentions uh, you hid them and here we are, you know, like that's not, no one likes that. Um, the last one is surprisingly one I really, really love, which is celebrate her success. A confident man doesn't feel emasculated if the woman he's with makes more money than he does. He takes it as a compliment. The truth is she wouldn't be dating you if she didn't at least want to think you're a catch. It's when you believe it yourself that she'll be convinced. This is something I cannot emphasize enough. There is nothing more unattractive than when a man is threatened by things in my life that are good for me. Like that, and I know it sounds stupid, but it's like, why wouldn't you want me to be successful? Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want me to thrive? Even if I'm thriving more than you are right now, like we're here to build each other up. And so I think if we focus less on the, the gender stereotype of men supposed to be the providers, men are supposed to be the successful, powerful ones, if we <clears throat> kind of like stray from that a little bit and say that relationships are about growing and building each other up, this concept seems way more simple. Um, so that's it for these like pickup tips. But I, I want to more generally talk about um, kind of what the vibe with this pickup shit is and kind of and and that's kind of the 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 core of what I'm trying to get at is so much of this is unnecessary and it's so much energy that is spent in pursuit of picking up women or or catching their attention or what feels like to us like tricking us into liking you that's really genuinely how it feels is like with all this like gamey like tips and tricks and advice like it feels like y'all will do anything in in a way that registers to us as manipulative, uh, to be quite honest. So it's 
difficult for me to sit here and say don't do any of that stuff because as I said some of it has valuable intention behind it however the most valuable advice I can give you is to be yourself and to realize that women care so much less about all of the tiny things that you're doing to make yourself seem more attractive and they care so much more about all the little things you do to make them feel appreciated so I don't care what shoes you wear to come over to my apartment, but when you come here and you look me up and down, you go, oh my gosh, you look beautiful. That I remember. I don't remember how you walked or what degree, what angle you sat across from me at dinner. I remember what you did and what came out of your mouth. Um, I Dressing well and being physically attractive and appealing is obviously part of the equation. But what men don't realize is so much of your behavior informs how we are attracted to you. Um, uh, Briefly, before I get into my five tips for men and then (laughs) looking ahead at next week, um, I there's something and if you've seen it on Twitter or TikTok or or elsewhere, I'm sorry for for being repetitive, but um, I've seen a lot (laughs) on social media because it's it's really it's genuinely really funny. But it's like, girls, describe what your icks are like I-C-K-S. And it's funny because my best friend and I have talked about this concept for years and we actually always called it like the ick also. So it's funny to me that other people call it that. Um, But it's essentially this concept that you like someone, you're attracted to someone and then they do like a couple things and then everything they do is unattractive to you from that point on. Even if they're still physically, they look exactly the same. They could do one or two things that are like so cringy or so ugh that you just like cannot be attracted to them. And if that's not a representation of how mental and how like mind-focused women are, I don't know what is. Um, and by that, I mean the the mental picture of you, how you present yourself to us emotionally is way more like behaviorally is way more impacting on our impression of you than the way you present yourself physically so that's another like thing to consider I'm going to get into my five pieces of advice for men Um, this is just like so fucking like simple so simple advice um And none of it is about the way you look. And I hope that that is significant to you because all I'm telling you with that is that it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Um, So the first one, surprise, shocker, is be yourself, um, which I've explained enough. The second one is be aware of her safety and her safety concerns. Um, I think that is super important, actually. And I I think I've emphasized that enough earlier. The other thing is uh, it's... It's not just match her energy, read her body language, all that kind of stuff. I would like to emphasize that being yourself is more important than matching her energy. So if she's on some shit and you're like, that is not my vibe at all, it's more important to be you than it is to emulate her. Um, Number four is when in doubt, ask. (laughs) I think women are uh, capable of being a lot more direct than y'all think. So um, it's that it goes with being direct, but it's like if you don't know where you stand or you don't know what she wants or you don't know what she's thinking uh just crazy idea why don't you ask maybe try that i don't know i know that sounds stupid but um it it goes a long way i guess is my point to just ask as opposed to um assuming what's ever going on with her or something you know like i i have had times where guys are like oh are you mad at me and i'm like no i'm not mad at you i'm just having a shit day and it has nothing to do with you so if I'm not texting you or if I'm being short, like, I'm dealing with a thing, sorry. And that's way easier than them being like, oh, she's mad at me, so I'm going to do this or I'm going to stop texting her that or I'm going to pull back this or that, whatever. Um, it's way easier just to ask and be straight up and direct. Number five, our last one, is take control but leave space for her to also have control. So I think this goes to my safety thing. It's also, it goes to the dominance thing also a sex thing but mostly a dynamic thing is if you would like to be setting the tone if you would like to take the lead between the two of you that's cool and she will probably be cool with that because I think that's what a lot of women expect again gender roles we love them but it's also important to leave space for her to like 
do nice stuff for you. You know, I think women also like to feel needed and appreciated and it can't just be in this like nurturing mother context, you know, it can't just be like, oh, well, I take her out and she cooks me dinner, you know, like you have to also allow her space to like plan stuff and like feel like she's an active participant and not just the recipient of like your effort, but that like she also can contribute. Um, but I think it's okay to take control and to take the lead, especially with girls <laughs> with girls like me who have no idea what they want. Um, it's okay to be the one in control and kind of uh, lead the dynamic or the relationship in that way. Uh, so let's just recap, <laughs> let's recap this whole thing real quick. Uh, we started off talking about Valentine's Day. We love that for me. We've kind of closed the chapter of talking about Tinder Boy on this podcast. Um, <laughs> hopefully he's like celebrating in his room right now. Like, fuck yeah, she's not going to talk about me anymore. Um, and then we got into this conversation about masculinity. So we talked about socialization. We talked about the different types of media uh, that men consume and how it informs their behavior in a certain way. And I guess what I want to leave you with men is do less do less you know you don't have to do so much to pursue and impress women women are impressed by authenticity they're impressed by humor and humility and yeah some of the tricks that you're going to find out there on these forums and social media pages work but um, if you're really looking to find someone worthwhile it is so much more advantageous to be yourself. It's so much more advantageous to be direct and transparent and communicative rather than playing games and positioning yourself in a way to be attractive to her so that she wants to be with you. It's way more advantageous to be like, here's who I am. I want to be with you. Do you want to be with me? And let her decide based on getting to know you rather than conning her in a way because that's how it feels to women like women say men are trash and all that kind of shit and I'm I say it all the fucking time men are garbage like that's garbage like I say it all the time that that's garbage but after doing all this research and I think that's why I've had so much difficulty recording this episode is because I am quick to say men are garbage and like <laughs> fuck men and men in cages is like a thing we say in my apartment um, and I'm not by any means taking that back or defending men, but I think it's definitely a different understanding when you take a deeper look at why men behave this way. So the other thing I want to leave you with before we look at our looking ahead is a, it's a series on Instagram. He also has a book coming out and it's one of my favorite actors. If you watch the show Jane the Virgin, he's Raphael on Jane the Virgin. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, his name is Justin Baldoni. He's an actor and a director. He has two kids and a wife, blah, 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 whatever. He's super impressive, though. Um, very woke in this masculinity stuff. So he's doing these series, these videos on Instagram called Man Enough. Um, he also has a book coming out in a couple months called Man Enough. And it's all about redefining masculinity and about allowing men the chance to be more vulnerable, allowing men the opportunity to kind of break down why they feel so kind of fragilely about their masculinity and, and exploring that and why and how and how can we change it and how does it, you know, affect and, and play in our lives, you know. Um, so that's Justin Baldoni's Man Enough. Um, I believe it's also a podcast. I'm not sure. I should have looked before I recorded this. But um, And then the last thing is just with the socialization stuff. Um, I think the conversation's important because it's an awareness that can hopefully lead to like a self-reflective kind of thing. Um, and then that reflection can lead to a change in your behavior. So if there are ways that you've been socialized as a man or a woman that you don't love, you can stop doing them. For example, um, I watched a TED Talk when I was like 16 about how often women apologize. And it's this like kind of interestingly feminine thing to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, 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 sorry. Like it's it's this weirdly female um, trend to apologize like that and in this TED talk she basically says like how about we just stop how about we stop us apologizing for everything because 90% of the time it's not it's not a genuine sincere like I'm so sorry it's like a pressured I'm so sorry like it's like a you feel like you have to 
when really um and her her argument was that an approach of gratitude is more useful to you so instead of saying i'm so sorry i'm late say thank you so much for waiting for me and of course there are contexts in which an apology is necessary but that was one of those socialization things that i was like hell yeah i apologize way too much for shit i am not sorry for but i just say it i just say it um and so that awareness led me to reflect and then eventually i've been trying to to apologize for for stuff less when i don't really mean it you know i, I try to not say it offhandedly the way i did um before when i was younger so in that same way, if there are any of these things that we've kind of discussed that are features of masculinity that feel toxic to you and your sense of self and your identity and your gender identity, um, reflect on that and then decide how you want to go forward. Uh, we live in an era of 2021 where uh, hopefully we're, we're closer to having acceptance for, for all people and all ways that they express themselves. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're getting closer to that. So um, in that same sense, feel free to explore your identity in that way with this understanding of socialization as, um, I don't want to say they're things that are kind of forced upon us, but they are kind of thrust upon us, kind of like put on us by society. Um, but once we have that awareness, it's a choice whether we change or we don't. And so if you're aware of it and it bothers you, um, that's that's where you start. I guess is my point. So looking ahead at next week, I'll shut the fuck up now. We talked all the gamey shit. We talked all the tips. I gave you my five tips. We went through what I feel like is everything there is to go through when it comes to tips and tricks for dating women. And I'm sure there's way more niche, like gamey, you know, say this three seconds after she says that kind of stuff. But um, that kind of advice has no interest to me because I feel like that is so apparently stupid advice just to be clear to the men listening if you're reading advice like that and you're like mm, good idea i'm gonna wait five seconds after she says hi to say hi but nah you should know better that's it other that's my only other point you should know better you should read some of that advice and go that sounds stupid i'm not doing that um but you should also think about the the ways in which you're consuming advice and media um, more critically also so looking ahead at next week, hopefully we're going to be doing a Keys trip reunion. So that's Key West. We went for my birthday, for my roommate's birthday. Hopefully I can wrangle everyone back together and we can do like a big story time kind of night. Um, maybe I can get everyone to drink and talk about the trip. So that's what we've got to look forward to. If not, we're going to do an episode on uh, religion and spirituality soon. Um, I'm also going to do some like personality quizzes and talk about some like personality stuff. I also really want to do an astrology episode. So any of those things could be next week. Hopefully it'll be the keys thing. Remember, if there's something you really want me to talk about or if you have any input or uh, challenges to anything that I've said, any criticism, uh, feel free to reach out to me in whatever way you know how. If you know me, if you do not know me, welcome. Thank you for listening. And feel free to email that podcast email that is in the description of all the episodes. But for today, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.